playing the ukulele badly because this podcast is self-produced weird stuff has happened in the past and here i am to tell you about it i guess yeah i will yeah absurd real history hello and welcome to absurd real history the podcast where i find weird stories and tell them to equally weird people I am delighted to be joined here today by my good friend, performer and musician Haley Solis. Hello, Haley. Hello, Susha. How are you doing? I'm fine. Not bad. Mm, you excited? I'm really excited. My life is is like so boring um, at the moment that everything excites me. I'm very easily pleased. <laughs> well, this is going to be a really fun episode because better be. we are talking about a list of really weird reality tv shows i have found right okay do you watch any reality tv yeah i mean um, i watched the bake-off yeah is that reality tv yeah. or is that just like wholesome like is that a national service is that just providing us with mental wellness well that's that's good i mean i shows like great british bake-off and queer eye are Mm -hmm. one of the rare occasions where i think reality tv show is actually positive Mm -hmm. Uh, most of the time it's pretty pretty dire yeah i I, it's it's pretty crap i'm not afraid to say that during lockdown i don't really have any standards anymore in what i watch and if there was ever a time that I would like go back to Channel 4 and watch every series of Big Brother. Maybe it's now. Maybe because I don't have any respect for myself. Um, I would probably find that really intellectually engaging at this point. I mean, I read there's one one kind of theory about why people like reality TV so much is because technology has kind of separated us, that we are finding mm-hmm. the social connections through reality TV shows in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting you bring up Big Brother because our first show is very related to Big Brother. And one that I does that make me sound like a dinosaur? That's like the first reality TV show that I could think of. <laughs> Big Brother. It's well, it's not... kind of like the no. standard one, you it's... know. Like, oh, makes I would think weird. of it as like one of the first of that kind, where it's just like constant surveillance. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear of a show called Shattered? No, have a clue. Enlighten me, please. No one has heard of this show to the point that I w- was like convinced that I just have this fever dream because I remember it so vividly. It was a dream. You made this up. It wasn't a dream. Okay. It wasn't a dream. And it wasn't a dream because I found the whole thing on YouTube. And here's the thing with these old reality TV shows. Almost all of them are in their entirety on YouTube. So mm-hmm. there's a lot. And oh mm-hmm. God. But I loved this show. It was basically... It was basically like Big Brother, except for they weren't allowed to sleep. Oh, oh, that doesn't sound like a reality TV show, Sersha. I think you're on the dark web. <laughs> no, it was, friend. it was on, it aired for a week straight, only one week. And it was on Channel 4 as well. Um, and yeah, I even remember it was dubbed as a sleep experiment. And the logo, the logo was a bloodshot eye. So they were even kind of taking from Big Brother eye, but it was just. That's it's beyond fucked up. Oh. It was, no. yeah, it was present. Are you yeah. sure just like in a YouTube hole, you know, at like three in the morning and you're like, 
you're like watching well at me anyway like I, I kind of tell everybody that I meet like my YouTube thing is bats throat singing um specifically um Mongolian throat singing it's just really beautiful oh, yeah. and then you're like you know this is wholesome content and then you're looking at some poor fucker like on a supposed reality tv show that's not allowed to sleep I loved this show when I was a kid for that week straight and re-watching it as an adult it's not as interesting as when I was a kid you know watching people struggle to stay awake is not as interesting as it sounds it just sounds like everyone's life now it's either like you know what I mean you're just like walking around banging your head off the wall being like should I even sleep? Should I yeah. <laughs> Should I bother to go to sleep to do another day tomorrow? Or should I just keep doing the same day? Because it's like one long day since last year. <laughs> it was it was presented by Dermot O'Leary, who is best known no. for presenting the X Factor. No, he did not do this weird Russian sleep experiment. It wasn't Russian. They were all just, you know, people from young people from around England. So they did, t- 10 contestants were put into a house and they called it The Lab. And similar to Big Brother, they had like a live audience outside of it. Right, yeah. The show would be on at 10 p.m. But they would have another show on afterwards at like quarter past 11 called Absolutely Shattered with like extra bits. <laughs> <laughs> and- Classic, go on, yeah. And E4 would even have 24-hour coverage. So you like Big Brother, you like- tune in for this week. Fucking bollocks. Yeah like (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so it's so ridiculous Uh, so go on yeah they were monitored and they were given these various challenge the house was also designed to have no sharp edges to be super bright and soft because obviously when you're tired you're gonna be like knocking into things like jeffrey be like wake up in the middle of the night and you're erect and you stub your toe like imagine if you haven't slept for a week you'd just be like you'd be banging your head off like pots of yeah. plans and you'd be like stabbing yourself I'd say they also had like psychologists mm. and like sleep experts giving mm-hmm. those especially at the start giving all these like fast facts about sleep mm-hmm. yeah the, the first episode was filled with like this weird montage of sleep facts eating a banana half an hour before you go to bed can help you fall asleep it's, I learned that on this show it's very true I actually am a, like a big advocate of the banana I sometimes make banana peel tea Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, so you like, you take a banana or two, depending on your preference, depending on your love for bananas. Well, a banana peel is quite large too. I feel like that's a whole pod. You could, you know, feed a whole family with Mm -hmm. two banana peels. So you like, you peel the banana skin off, obviously save the banana because that's what you can eat. And then you boil the banana skin for like, when well, now you have to wash it first because like it's filthy and then you boil it for about 20, 25 minutes and then you kind of strain it, like, you know, take all the debris and all that like dirty crap out of the bottom and you can either put a bit of honey in it, but you don't have to because it's um, naturally sweetened and then you just drink that and then you have literally the best sleep of your whole life. To the point where you struggle to wake up the next morning. There you go. Very, very good. There yeah. you go. I'll have to try that. Yeah. I might put like, I know, like a little bit, something else in there as well. So it's not just banana, but that's just me personally. 
Well, you could now. You could put like cinnamon in there. Yeah, you put cloves that's what in I there. know. That's a go. Really? Whiskey. Could you put whiskey? Listen, there's a whole there's a whole kind of world of possibilities. You can put anything you like in there, but it's the um I can't remember the name of the chemical that's released. Maybe I could look it up. No, I can't be honest. Sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah, the chemical, this chemical just like knocks you out. Yeah, they talk, well, you can learn all sorts of sleep facts like that if you watch Shadows. They had mm. thousands of people applied and they narrowed it down to 100 people. And then they did an audition where people had to stay awake for two days straight, which imagine doing that audition. <laughs> like, So the auditioned people. Just to make sure that they were physically, like they did experiments on them. They kind of tried younger people. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, they had a lot of health experts on. They didn't want to, you know, kill anyone. So here's the thing, how they made it like a game show is each contestant had a chance to win a potential of a hundred thousand pounds. And then people were eliminated throughout the week. But if anyone in their house slept, so what constituted as like a legal sleep was if you had your eyes closed for 10 seconds or longer, then a thousand pounds was deducted from the overall prize. So they were all trying to make each other stay awake as well. And on top Mm -hmm. of this, to make it harder, they were given these like, you snooze, you lose challenges to like make them real sleepy. And so the things that made them do was really funny. I will say they did sleep for at least an hour a day. Like they had, because they had sleep experts on. Oh, that's cheating. (laughs) But they're essentially, yeah, sleep deprived. Come on, guys. Where's your backbone? I mean, that's still nothing. You're still going to be very sleep deprived on an hour sleep. You probably end up like eating each other. People started having delusions. One guy thought he was on Neighbours at one point. <laughs> he wishes Neighbours was a so, show. Here are, here are some of the challenges they had to do. They're like, so one of them was getting a lecture on triangles about a guy that likes triangles and the different types of triangles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, when you, say, when you talk about like this guy talking about triangles, I don't know about you, but I feel like coming out of lockdown, that's going to be like the conversation that I'm going to be leading with most people. Just like forgotten how to talk to people. Triangles. <laughs> so Here are twenty facts about triangles that you didn't know. Uh, face massage. Oh, lovely! Cuddling a giant teddy bear. A bedtime story repeated over and over again. Oh, it's... one day they had them literally watch paint dry. Would I wouldn't say no at this point. Counting sheep on a television. Yeah, and then a lecture on triangles again. <laughs> they'd already seen this fucker do we know anything about this guy this triangle guy that's what i'm interested in where is he now mm, i think he's just a geometrist you know yeah but was he though he to... or a performer who knows and they also made them count a mountain of peas a mountain of... do you know who does that marina abramovich does that she like yeah, yeah she um like gets people to count grains of rice as a form of um focus I guess and detaching yourself yeah. and presence but like that's interesting that's just that's not just like that's not just peas I think peas are like the the poor man's marina Abramovich rice yeah um, and, but also if you hadn't slept in you know two or three days counting would you just keep saying the same number over and over again yeah that's so they eliminated <laughs> people who like cognitively weren't doing as well so that was one way they, um, they took the people that did the worst in that challenge who got the like most off the number. They're like three. <laughs> uh, kind of. One person was like 600 off and they got they got evicted. 
Um, yeah, they had to do various elimination challenges. So like people who did the worst in the test, they were taken out to like the live audience, like exhausted. And Dermot, Dermot was there like, okay, here's your elimination challenge. And they were designed to test memory and patience and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a lot of contestants, as I said before, uh, essentially got hallucinations, which are basically dreaming while you're awake, which can happen if you're severely. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. If I'm really ex- tired, I get this thing that I call silly tiredness, where I just get really hyper like a child. And oh, then yeah. if I go like two days without sleeping or like a really long time, which has only happened when I've been traveling, I'm just crying. And like emotionally, I'm fine. But I remember being in an airport, just like crying my eyes out and be like, I'm fine. I'm just really tired. Definitely. I think the last time I felt like that, I was like going out a lot and I shouldn't have been sad because it was like, I was just going on sessions after sessions, you know, (laughs) when your body's like, cool, I can stay awake forever. And then um, I'm like, at one point, then you're just like, you're in floods of tears. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that your body is just like, has that natural reaction to tiredness like you're literally breaking down in tears it's similar to being drunk as well so you'd see that in the house some people are acting drunk and like annoying other people after a cry you're the most tired yeah one girl one girl quit um on like in the third episode after speaking to a psychologist because it was just too much for her she was just crying and I totally get that I probably would have done the same um after one yeah yeah who won was um Claire Southern a 19 year old uh, police cadet she oh. got nine ninety seven thousand pounds so you know people had there been some illegal sleeping and they got the finalists by doing a sleep off so just place people in a dark room lying down and the last person to fall asleep close their eyes for more than 10 seconds one <gasps> viewers complained to Ofcon about the show's premise and said that it was dangerous and ridiculous and I don't think it would get made nowadays but yeah it's just big brother but they couldn't sleep which I think may you know, added an element to it. Yeah, yeah. Dermot O'Leary has a lot to answer for, doesn't he? He's um, kept that one quiet. He did it too. He's like, to show how hard it was, I went without sleep for three days. And there's like video diaries of him. Waiting like, for about 48 hours. Dermot, you're right. <laughs> uh, the next one I think is really weird because, and again, all on YouTube. This one came out in 2014, mm-hmm. which is weird because one thing about all these reality shows is there's like the prime time is like 2001 to 2009 when when all of these happened. So the fact that this came out in 2014, I find really, really weird. So the show is I Want to Marry Harry. Have you heard of it? I have heard of that one, but I've never watched it, but I have heard of it. What have you heard? I can't help you at all. I have heard the name. There there we go. Great, great. I'm a great guest. They basically... (laughs) no I like I, this is why I'm here I'm here to to educate you this is very important history that we need to acknowledge I'm up for it okay let's go let's go yeah. tell me about tell me about this Harry fella basically they tricked a lot of these shows have to do with tricking women especially the American ones they got a group of women from America kind of very um rich loud vivacious um not rich but like very beautiful uh, women, the type that you would see on American reality TV shows, mm-hmm. brought them to a secluded castle in England and through various manipulation and tricks, convinced them that this guy, Matt Hicks, uh, was Prince Harry. 
and dubbed it as like a dating show, like The Bachelor. <laughs> and he was uh, the trick being that he wasn't exactly Prince Harry. He the was trick uh, being he wasn't <laughs> Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of looked like a knockoff Prince Harry. In reality, he was an environmental consultant and he was single and poor. He was <laughs> So, sorry, but did, did not one of these women Google it? <laughs> these reality shows, they had no phones. They were like secluded. They were isolated for two weeks before. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would tell the women, the woman he chose the end, that he wasn't really Prince Harry. And then the woman had to decide if she still cared about him and did like, didn't care. And he said at the start, I just think this is so funny. He's, so this is from Matt Hicks being Prince Harry. And it was really funny because, you know, in reality shows when they interview people? Yeah. So for him, it would say it would say underneath, not actually Prince Harry, like as if we needed a constant reminder. As if the whole of Britain and Ireland needed a reminder. Yeah, sorry. The whole it was world. American show. It was American a show. So it was only shown in America. Well, it was cancelled after four episodes. That's a shame. Because the viewers were really bad. But then it aired, I think, the next the following year in European countries on a different network. And you could okay. watch the remaining of it on the Fox website. Mm-hmm. But he said in the first episode, I have to convince them I'm Prince Harry, but the goal is for them to like me for who I am. This is my chance to find the girl I, I connect with. Yeah, find the girl you connect with by starting off by <laughs> lying. <laughs> it's really funny at the end. At the end as well, it's like, oh yeah, but everything else was me. Because he's not an actor or anything. He's just, the, the producer's, they just looked for Prince Harry lookalikes and he had done like one or two gigs because there's like a lookalike web- website and he had yeah. to go through a week of Harry school where he had to learn all about <laughs> Prince Harry. Hey, what did he do in Harry school? And like he learned like all the facts about Prince Harry, like his full name, you know, well, all the relations, uh, what, where he went to college, like what sports he liked. And this was like wow. when, you know, Prince Harry was like prime real estate when everyone in America fancied him. For, for some reason well, they still fancy him though he's still like hot hot stuff apart from like well actually I think he's more so hot stuff now um, because he's like separated himself from the royal family mm. I mean yeah. aesthetically I don't think Prince Harry is like super attractive I don't think he's super attractive I think it's just because he's a prince so for the rest of womankind it's like not horrific looking yeah he's a prince there you go loves colonialism but my God. Now, the show might have been more interesting if this guy who was pretending to be Prince Harry was actually kind of a, a decent, like, interesting. Now, this may have just been his edit because I understand that a lot of the time reality TV shows, they edit people in. But he's just, mm-hmm. he's very uninteresting as a person. Mm-hmm. Danny Fenton, um, who was the show creator, said that they talked to over a hundred potential Harrys. So they're just trolling through Facebook or trying to find people that look like Prince Harry and contacted him. You know, it's like not saying much for like Caucasian men with red hair that they're just like... But he was blonde. That's a diet ginger. Sifting through Facebook being like, all Caucasian men are the same. Anyone could have done Harry. Like you could have fucking done Harry. And these these (laughs) women would have been like, Oh my god, this is this is Prince Harry because they clearly didn't fucking know that this other dude wasn't Prince Harry. So why did they go to all the effort? They brought them to like this lush like castle in England, right? Just like near near London, and they never actually said he was Prince Harry till 
like a good few episodes in, everyone just referred to him as Sir. They were just tricking them. They had these elaborate psychological tricks. Like they would have kind of badly photoshopped pictures uh, like uh, at some somewhere in the castle of him with <laughs> Prince Charles. Am I going out with Lizzie? No. <laughs> and oh, she wouldn't have that. Yeah. And they had a, a little over-the-top guy who kind of acted the most like a host butler named Kingsley, who was just an actor. They had hired security guards and like would do these elaborate stunts. And then it was kind of the girls being like, I think he's Prince Harry. I think he's Prince. Oh, or like, oh, I think he's some diplomat. Like, do you think he could be Prince Harry? Oh, okay, sneaky. And the women, like, there's something kind of admiring about the... I don't know if it's confidence or arrogance of American women. Like, I just have a couple of quotes that I have from a few girls. I grew up, I'm not going to do the accents. (laughs) I grew up in the South. Most people would say I'm a Southern belle, which I guess is true. Yeah, that was Kelly. We have 25-year-old Megan, who was kind of like the bitchy girl. Is this how Harry met Megan? Is this this actual story? It's a different Megan. It's a different Megan. Fair enough. I'm not up to date on my political marriages go on I think yeah. you can go on a lot don't I I've realized that recording this podcast her introduction to the show was I've had boyfriends that spoil me I expect that I'm smart hot I cook I clean I look banging in a bikini yes. and I like the finer things in life yes bitch I'm Jacqueline I'm 25 I'm awesome and at the same time can be a bitch like they're, they're just kind of owning this and one thing that I found really funny is you can tell that like Pearl Mac Hicks uh, Harry in quotation marks when he first meets all the women, he's really taken aback because they're all like ridiculously forward. And even to one woman, he's like, so, I mean, to be fair, she this Rose. And I feel bad because I don't like teasing people, but she just, she talked very, very loud. And she was a preschool teacher, but she would talk a lot about like, I'm a preschool teacher, but I'm also naughty. And she would be oh. super forward with him. I think because they all knew he was rich. They might not have been convinced he was Prince Harry at this point, but they all knew that they all assumed that he was rich and wanted to win the show. And he even was like saying like, oh, Americans don't have indoor voices. And like said that, like said more or less that to her face. Like, oh, you're really loud. And just like, I don't know. It's I mean, yeah, that. she's like a, she's a school teacher. Like you have to, you have to project. You know all about projecting, Saoirse. I know, I'm a very loud person. But no, it, you, gotta, you gotta project. You gotta make sure that all those like little, little heads are hearing you. Yeah. Um, no, no shame. No judgment there. So they do these various events. She would choose people to go on dates and they would have lavish dates, you know, to make it seem like he was really the prince. Uh, there is c- so much cattiness. So, like, too much cattiness. It's like... Oh, drama. Go on. So much drama. And one girl left because it was so catty. She was just like, I don't want to deal with this. Kimberly Birch won the show. Then Matt had to tell her the truth. And if she chose to accept him for who he is then they both would get a quarter of a million dollars to split, unbeknownst to either of them. Oh, and what, go on. Did she? Did she? Tell me. Well, spoilers. um, But she did. Now, again, her reaction was very anticlimactic. She's just like, oh, I still like you just the same. And then they kissed under... They kissed under the fireworks, then Kingsley told them about the money, and they are both delighted. And nothing really came of it because, you know, in reality, she lived in America and he lived in England. Mm-hmm. She handled it very well. I would just shake his hand. I'd probably do like a, a really cool handshake and then let him decipher what that means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something really vague. 
like or I'd say like I feel like I shouldn't have to use my words well at this point they liked each other but it was just clear that they all just wanted money I don't know it was weird it was very weird and we talk about how ridiculous it is that they would think it was Prince Harry obviously this what that wouldn't work in England because you know his face is so plastered everywhere but the producers so the winner Kimberly she went on afterwards and she came out about like how sneaky the producers were this is a quote from an interview a logical part of my brain was telling me this does not look like Prince Harry. This is an absolute ridiculous premise. This would never happen in real life. <laughs> she continued to say, and then she was gone. But the other part of my brain is being completely brainwashed. You're secluded from your friends and family. You have no access to any media outlet and you are in this castle. If you're questioning if this is Prince Harry or not, you're crazy. So they're in a foreign country. They have no access to anything. They were. She even said they had like, no nothing to do in the house and even sneakier like they would have the producers like staging conversations like pretending that the girls were overhearing a conversation about how like oh the royal family aren't really happy about this one stage they even got a therapist to talk to the girls that were questioning if it was prince harry or not being like oh you've just gotta you just gotta trust that trust yourself and you know learn to trust but that wasn't a therapist licensed therapist at all it was just one of the producers (gasps) oh Yeah, so far. No. Yeah. Really, that's like, that's unethical. Yeah. No? Yeah. Like, okay, the other shit is unethical also. But there's something eerie about posing as a therapist, right? It's like... Mm, I know. Yeah, that's just no. no. The other stuff I kind of, I kind of get. I mean, no one seemed that upset about it. I mean, they all got to be on TV. And this is Fox. So the next few ones I'm going to say, I'm going to kind of speed through them. Okay, we'll speed through them. We'll speed through them. Great. So this one's really weird. This is 2004 and this is called My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance. So the idea being this woman, Randy Coy, was matched with this guy, Stephen, and they were completely mismatched and they had to convince each other's families that they were engaged and genuinely getting married. And if they could get their family to attend the wedding, they would get a quarter of a million for them and a quarter of a million for their family. But that's a genius idea. But you know what the twist is? Is that the guy wasn't a show contestant like Randy. He was a paid actor hired to be as annoying as possible. And all of his family members were also hired actors. Right, okay, juicy. Okay, so the woman's family clearly were seeing, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preempt this whole plot here. This guy was like, I love you. And the girl was like, I love you too. And then they were like, family, we are getting married. And both families, one actor, one non-actor, they were like, bit soon, but, you know, wanting to be happy. That's cool. Very slowly, the guy's family, the actors, started to be like total weirdos, total dickheads in front of girls' family. And then the girls' family were like, holy shit, what's with your guy? What's with your fiancé? And this is this is the arc. This is like the the collision. This is where it got interesting. Am I right? Yeah. Well, he was like annoying right off the bat. So the idea was that she was to tell her family that she was on a... Because they had locked, again, isolated her in a hotel room like they do for a lot of reality shows. They do the same with Love Island. They keep people away before they put them on. And... She was told she had to tell her family that she met this guy 
uh, while she was on the dating show and that they were engaged. And it wasn't even around the family. It was stuff like when she was doing like wedding cake shopping and going on rides. He was just being as annoying as possible, doing loads of like fart jokes. And she was kind of a very reserved person. And he was like, you know, a very kind of large man. And before this, he was uh, a a cave demon on Buffy the Vampire Slayer for three episodes. No way, I probably know him. Yeah, his most recent achievement that I could find on his IMDb page was that he was murdered by Joe in season two of You. Oh, you know what? I didn't watch season two. I had to really think there. Because it yeah. was just too, it was too much. I'm not going to say who he plays. Don't but, tell me. You know, it's, it's a bit. Actually, well, don't, don't tell I me. I won't, I won't. But just this. You I might have a listener who's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So over the course of six episodes, she had 12 days to get all her family to attend. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a John Candy type, the the guy they got to play Steve. Which, I mean, I get it's very mm. hard, you know, because you're he's acting all the time. Again, this only had one season and it ended with him doing this big emotional speech being like, oh, the funny thing is I'm actually married and, you know, da 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 And you can see the family's reaction. Everyone is just like, they're like, oh, they're raging. And again, it was just manipulating. And I was just, it's so mean and yeah. But, you know, they did compensate by... You know, he was paid, so he didn't get the prize money. So she got half a million and her family got half a million. So they got double. What did he get? Money. This guy, what did he get? He got paid, I don't know, equity. He didn't get half a million for like doing the best acting of all time. No, he didn't get paid half a million. No I don't know that. how much he got paid. That was followed by another show called My Big Fat Obnoxious Boss, which was essentially a similar premise, but it was people thought they were on The Apprentice for like a fake company and the boss would just be really annoying and get them to do these weird chat business challenges i mean that's not weird because the apprentice is kind of like that i i wouldn't judge anybody for going onto that and being like oh i was fooled because it's kind of like being on the actual apprentice. yeah mr per- uh not even gonna talk about that one <laughs> what no now you have to talk about it <laughs> there is this one called mr personality again fox yeah and this was 2003, again, 2003, 2004 was like prime. That was a, That was an even weirder time than 10 years later, I think. Yeah, well, most of these are, you know, 2003, 2004. That was hosted by Monica Lewinsky for some reason. Wait, what? What the fuck, man? I don't know why. And it was basically a dating show like The Bachelor, but all of the, but it was all the guys had to wear these like weird like almost bicentennial man type robotic face masks of different colors for the whole time so she had to choose if she and then choose one of the guys to marry at the end of the of the show it was the creepiest thing you again you can watch it on youtube <laughs> i don't have anything i don't have a response i don't have a rebuttal i can imagine though like the the the, cla- the, the classic cliche of like making a Monica Lewinsky dating show. It's like. So she's just the host. Yeah, but like, <laughs> come on. Like, 10 men. It only ran like five episodes and it was really weird. Like, it was weird. And you could do this thing where she could pick someone and they would go like into this weird dark room and she could feel their face. Wonder the mask. Um, yeah. Right, okay. And like, uh, what she, kind of mask were they wearing? Was it like, you know, was it? I want you to imagine something robotic and horrifying. 
Right. Okay. So not like Eurovision, but more like iRobot. Like a bad sci-fi, a bad sci-fi horror. Right. And you just see her and like hanging around with all these creepy men. And at, at the last, at the end, he's like, he chose the person. They're like getting engaged and proposing. And she hasn't even seen what he looks like. And then he like reveals his mask. And he's actually a millionaire as well. Um, and it's hard to find out. Any- and it's Prince Harry. Yeah. Um, and the last show I'm going to uh, talk about, because to be honest, no, the last one. I want there's, several more. There's so many. I mean, I can give a, a, some quick mentions to ones that I... Um, Dude, do some honourable mentions. Um, like, this adds, this adds no real relevance or significance. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't add any light to my life. And yet... Well, it's more I want to leave room for a part two. I want to be like, what? because there's so many. There was one, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, Vanilla Ice Goes Amish. which from the clip i would watch that yes from the clip i remember seeing ads for that one when i was younger from the clip that i saw it was essentially pimp my ride but with d but with vanilla ice doing diy work on amish people's houses and they'd be like look what we did we did a deck (laughs) got your deck on your house you don't like electricity (laughs) but we have a wind a wind power thing on your roof (laughs) did he put like an ice machine in everybody's kitchen no, because you got to keep it Amish friendly. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But his idea to do the do the show, probably trying to stay relevant. Right, honorable mentions. These are like, these are reality TV shows that didn't make the cut. They maybe weren't explicit or, or offensive enough or didn't contain famous celebrities. But they're definitely ones that you should watch while on the toilet or in the bath or doing something don't watch them no don't watch them watch okay i mean you can watch some of them just for the ridiculous premise i say watch a watch a clip of mr personality just to see how creepy these masks are right can we we, you can watch shattered if you want we talk about for a second sorry to interrupt you Mm -hmm. but can we just for a second talk about why people watch reality tv shows you mentioned at the start that it was a disconnect from reality and i would like to dig a little bit deeper into that as part of this because some of these some of these are really mind-blowing and i wonder what this says about us as a society that like we are looking for this shit on youtube even when it's not aired on tv like what do we want a lot of these didn't do well but i think because i did research this a bit and then i was like you know a lot of this is kind of very obvious why reality TV show is so popular. Is it though? I, mean, I don't think it is. I really don't think it's very obvious. Say, well, I mean, one thing is just the natural camaraderie, camaraderie that people get from being mean to people, which I don't like. You know, that's one aspect of it, you know, kind of I'm better than this person or seeking drama because they're out, the drama being like it's real people. Now I will say, reality tv show in america seems very different than reality tv show in the uk mm-hmm. and in ireland you know shows like big brother are very different over there one reason at least in why i watched love island i can say what i got out of it mm-hmm. was the fact that it was more or less live i know they edited one or two days but it was very live and that you can tune in with loads of other people that are, are watching it there's also the element of 
for at least in America for these game shows of trying to get in people's heads psychologically and trying to guess oh what would they do what would I do I feel like this person's going to do this next so you think it's kind of like the average Joe tuning in and like playing a video game but like in theory like oh in theory I would have chosen this decision and that would have turned out this way it's like playing a video game, but it's it's live and it's on TV and it's real. It's it's very much real people. Yeah, I think it's almost similar to, you know, why people like game shows, which is a type of reality TV show as well. It's trying to know, figure out, like, do you know the answer? Like, what would you do in that situation? Hmm. And that like, you're seeing genuine people react in certain ways. I thought I would, like, I started this off, like, oh, this will be such a fun episode. And then... My head was just like, I can't watch anymore. I can't. <laughs> and then I come in with my wooden cup of wine and just bring the mood right down. A lot of this is very manipulative of producers trying to get viewings. I mean, if you think about how many suicides are linked to Love Island, mm-hmm. you know, people bullying people. Because if you, you're edited in a way, like people are edited in a way to come across as super dramatic or mm-hmm. to come across a certain way. And then there's a public shaming that happens online. You know, I mean, there is one element of, you know, if you're putting yourself out there, you know, especially for a lot of the American ones where they seem to often be people who want to be performers. And of course, with Love Island, you know, they're all like a lot of them are kind of influencers anyway or want to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. You know, they they know what they're opening themselves into. Mm-hmm. But there's also the argument of, you know, people seem to forget that they're real people and need to stop being a dickhead on it. But I'm... I think that comes across the same argument as like, why do people bully people? You know? I think you're right. I think it's, um, you know, as wholesome as the intention may be for a reality TV show, which is hardly ever, because really when it comes to reality, especially when it's to do with dating shows, Love Island especially, we have to look at the producers who are like churning out this content and kind of hold them responsible for opening up this window where these online communities and online trolls can come in and bully someone to death like yeah that's also something that these producers are well aware of and going back to what you said where like you know you've you've noted before that saying that the harry situation that you know that he was edited to make him look a certain way to make him look a bit dim to make him look a bit uninteresting and that is opening the door to yeah. bullying to abuse online and now what it's... I will say about him is I mean I that, that's the thing I don't think he was a bad person because to be fair if you were just contacted I'd be like here pretend to be like if you were contacted I'm like pretend to be this princess like I don't think he's a bad guy I think it's just you know I would say yes you and me you and me are used to hanging around artists and a lot of the time when people are chosen for reality TV shows, they're chosen because they're, um, they're certain personalities, you know, whereas he was just chosen because the producers thought that he looked the most like Prince Harry and he was poor enough. I hate the term, you know, poor, but they wanted to make sure that they were getting someone of genuine working class, but that still had a posh English accent. So... How did that? Do we know any? Do, sorry, do we know any more about him as a person? He's an, an envir- He was a environmentalist consultant. So he wasn't working class, or was he? Was he middle? Like, 
not to not to like divide well in the first in the first episode yeah well they they specifically say he's single and poor that's what the narrator says over the the first yeah Yeah. fuck me and they they emphasize the fact that he doesn't have a car which i think is a bigger deal in america because like because it's american show he's like he doesn't have a car and he's like yeah i can't afford a car so i like borrow my friend's bike and that's how i get to work right but he's also an environmental environmentalist consultant like, the measuring oil and stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> so I think a part of it is he didn't prioritize buying a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you live in London, it's easy, you know, you can get around, like, it's not like America. But I'm just saying, like, the show would have maybe been more interesting if he came across as a more interesting person. And that's just my viewing of it. And, you know, I'm not going to feel too bad, you know, because he, he did wittingly trick a bunch of women. <laughs> <laughs> we are forgetting. <laughs> and, I'm sorry, yeah. Oh. Uh, now, this last show, though, is a doozy. It's a... Uh, have you ever heard of a novel called Lord of the Flies? Yes, I have. Well, essentially, uh, they created Lord of the Flies. Right. Please continue. It was... Now, this is not a Fox show. Everything I've said between this and Shattered, which is Channel 4, was all Fox. <laughs> it was called Kid Nation, a CBS show from 2007. Mm-hmm. And they basically got 40 kids and dropped them in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. It was kind of like a deserted Wild West style town city called Bonanza City. Love it. Yes, I want to live there. They had to like set up their own society and the youngest was eight and the eldest was 15. There was 40 of them. And it was hosted by Jonathan Karsh. Okay, so The Smoking Gun, which is a website I've recently found out about, mm-hmm. they are known for finding documents and like old public documents and putting them forward. And they found the contract of this show. And I'm going to just read to you a couple of extracts from the contract to give you an idea of like how fucked this show was. I understand that the program may take place in inherently dangerous travel areas that may expose the minor and other participants to a variety of unmarked and uncontrollable hazards and conditions that may cause the minor serious bodily injury, illness or death, including without limitation, general exposure to extremes of heat and cold, water hazards, crevices, cliffs and rock avalanches, encounters with wild or domesticated animals, acts of God, bracket, e.g. earthquakes, close bracket. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, have you ever in your life, you know, had like a letter or a note or like a consent form that your parent had to sign? And it's like the morning of the thing that you needed to be signed for. And you like go up to your mom's bedroom and you're like, mom. And she's like, wow. And you're like, mom, I need you to sign my journal. I need you to sign this note. And then very very slowly like a cobra from a basket her arm reaches out from under the duvet and she grabs the pen no eyes involved in this situation but she somehow manages to grab the pen and sign a perfectly inarticulate squiggle on your journal that passes her signature i feel like that may have happened with these children yeah i mean my mom just told me to sign it myself <laughs> even better i've had that a few times and if any of my teachers are listening i'm very sorry that that trip to clara lara wasn't consented by my parent 
yeah simpler times like you know simpler it's also times. like going to the shop it's like the same concept a little bit off tangent here but going to the shop I don't know if you ever did this with a signed note from your mother saying you wanted to buy some cigarettes cigarettes I never did that because my mother didn't smart start smoking till I was a good bit older Fair enough good mother um yeah good mother <laughs> But I know people that did that. Uh, a friend of mine was saying he did that when he was four, which is just shocking <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a bit shocking. But also, yeah, yeah totally. Like that's. I mean, he's a bit. He's even older. Even older than us. <laughs> he's a fucking. Even. He's a fucking. Oh, I should probably say with this kid nation city, it was forty days that this that they these kids were more or less left to their own devices, and I know you know I that's we all have signed cool. contracts. We haven't properly read. But some of this stuff is pretty intense. Like the fact that that's just said in the contract. Here's two more extracts I'm going to read. Without in any way limiting the scope of this participant agreement, I acknowledge and agree that should the minor be killed, injured or harmed during this program, this participant agreement shall release producers MMP and CBS from any claim whatsoever in connection therewith, including without limitation, any claim based upon the producer's failure. Right. Like if your kid dies grand if your kid dies it's your fault because when you were signing the journal from under the blanket you didn't even bother to look out to see what you were fucking signing yeah <laughs> and the last the last bizarre extract the last weirdest one yeah. i understand that if the minor chooses to enter into an intimate relationship with another participant or any other person i hereby assume any and all risks that may be associated with any relationship including without limitation emotional distress illness sexually transmitted diseases hiv and pregnancy okay i know this is a dampener but what is this saying about our producers like mm, yeah who we, like you can't really judge the contestants like no, as a parent no, yeah. who the fuck in their right mind would be like right boys here do you know what like we'll all gather around now and we're going to think of a show oh i know what's going to be a brilliant show um we get a bunch of children and we'll just fucking dump them in the middle of nowhere and there'll be a threat of death and that's it that's <laughs> That's pretty much it. They'll be all riding. All the children will be riding and they might die. Brilliant. That's actually brilliant, you know. And like, this is the conversation that all these fucking people are patting each other on the back and being like, let's pump a whole load of money into yeah. it. It was like, and get these vulnerable children and get them all up the duff, get them all like, like curing snake bites and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, all right. They were. They weren't really like they had pr the camera crew and producers were adults, but they tried to stay away from as little as possible. They had people trying to secure the airs, but they were more or less left a lot to their own devices. The youngest kid, he was like eight, he left on the at the end of the first episode, but that's after being there for four days. So until that, if he really wanted to leave, I guess if he made a, a fuss. But at one point before that, he was he's eight years old. He was getting ho he was getting homesick, and he like ran off to like have a little cry. And there's a shot, there's a shot of him crying. And I watched an interview that he did. And the, the guy interviewing him asked him that question. He was like, I was wondering what did that? And I kind of joked about it. Like, did a producer find you crying? I was like, oh, can we just film this? And you're just like, you're just filming an eight-year-old crying. And the guy was like, 
yeah, yes, it's like we feel me. And I was just like, yeah, sure. What the fuck, man? Oh my God. No. These poor babies. Yeah. They pay to him for lasting four days. Like, well, that's the thing. You- it's, it was only at the end, at the town meeting, they're like, does anyone really want to go? And the guy, Jonathan Carr, she really like bullied people. He's like, you were having a hard time, weren't you? And it's like, you're a kid. You don't want to be like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, have you ever run away from home? Like as a five, six, seven, eight year old? I never did. I used to run away all the time, but I'd only get to the end of the garden and I'd hide behind the wall. I was a bit, I was a bit of a horrible... Like, not a horrible child, but I, I had a bit of temper and I'd always be like, I hate this house, I'm running away. And I'd like bring my lunchbox or like a little backpack with nothing in it just to symbolize yeah. like I'm running away without anything. And I'd run to the end of the garden or like the end of the estate and I'd hang out there for about half an hour. And then you come home because you're starving. You didn't, you like didn't even bring so much as a frub or like an apple because you're a child and you're like a bit simple you're like well that's too much of a wuss to run away i would just i'd be like oh no i'll be eaten by fucking yeah but i like i couldn't last even half an hour and this kid is after lasting four days and i think that's amazing yeah yeah i mean i had the support of these other these other kids they even okay to make it even worse they like split them up into districts i've heard that before This was pre-Hunger Games, but it was very much Hunger Games-y. Right. Pre-Hunger Games. Okay, right. Okay. Pre-Hunger yeah. Games. Yeah, 2007. They had, like, a weird, like, class system as well. So, like, you got paid more for different types of jobs. And the four leaders, they would pick at the end of town meetings kids to get, like, a star if they thought they were, like, the most valued citizen of, you know, their kid nation. And the star was, like, a two-pound solid gold star. That was valued twenty thousand dollars. What? Yeah. So they're getting money. They all got five thousand dollars. This was this same same show. Same show. Yeah. They were given like solid gold stars. What are you saying? Some of them were if they got like chosen by right. the. They would do challenges as like a, a team, and if they won, they would get to choose between two things. So the very first challenge they did, and bear in mind this was after four days, and they succeeded the challenge, and they could choose between seven more toilets outhouses because up until that point they had had one outhouse for 40 children <laughs> to put them in a moment right. and who cleaned them okay kids weren't cleaning those. nobody's washing their hands in that situation no. nobody's aiming there's not a single aim happening there's piss everywhere the eight-year-old who left he said for those four four days he was because he was a guy who was just pissing everywhere, and he didn't take a single shit for those four days because the bathroom was disgusting. And That's was what I mean. <laughs> it was like you know when you're in like in. I think it was part of it, and apparently it was really cold at night too because New Mexico is cold at night without the sun. You know, it's a desert. It's like warm in the day, but cold. The poor kid, he's just like super constipated, and he was like one of those kids who can't shit in school, and he's like, like my brother definitely was like that. He like couldn't shit in school he has to come home yeah doing like privacy of his own house no oh poor kid if he would have had more portaloos he might have lasted no i think he just like i think he just missed his home i mean like his parents like he missed the comfort of his own toilets yeah yeah so so they were chosen between seven more toilets or a tv oh come on that's you're obviously going to choose 
And the toilets, because you're constipated. <laughs> they chose the toilets. I think that of course they did. I mean, but that's but that's how you know how bad it was. If like a group of children were like, yeah, we should probably take the toilet, extra toilets over a TV. No, oh my god! And all the meals were cooked like so. One of the jobs, all the meals were cooked by other kids, so it was all really shit food. Uh, one girl like burned her face with hot grease because they're like having to cook things. There was a case of like four kids. Uh, drinking bleach <laughs> because kids they didn't know how to wash up properly so they're like using bleach to like wash it and then not like rinsing things or doing things properly so yeah that was cancelled after one season no Saoirse were these children okay like did they come out all right they seemed fine I mean a lot of people who are on it have come out and said like about the ridiculous stuff but a lot of them didn't seem to think it was like they were like, oh, we weren't truly on their own. Uh, they were saying stories about how they would like sneak food from the producers. One of the guys, I think he was 14 when he's on it, Michael, he did a massive AMA on Reddit. And he was saying that one of his friends stole a phone from the producer to call their parents. <laughs> Pretty badass. I would do it. Yeah. Yeah, because they had a phone. I think, you know, every now and again, if you want to star, you could like call home. So they had no contacts with any of their friends or family. They were in this shitty town that they had to build were purposely put in divided into class systems which is obviously you know had to vote for officials and stuff and obviously there was drama um your your man michael on the ama on reddit loads of people were asking him like oh were people hooking up because you gotta like these are you know 40 kids age 8 and 15 between those Mm -hmm. those ages so you know you got a bunch of like randy 12 13 year olds no adults around and he was like yes there was a lot of hookups but i don't feel comfortable talking about you know underage people get like so people were upset that he wouldn't say who but i respect i that, mean you know yeah like reminds me of my first like disco my first teenage disco experience um like having braces you know the tension you know the tension that that tap on the shoulder and that point yeah the tension of being like god i'm i'm so i'm I'm so gorgeous and so many people are looking at me and i am the talk of the building i'm the talk of the universe and then like you know your your first kiss kind of being like arranged by your friends and it might be someone from a different school it's this whole otherworldly experience in your head and then it happens and you're like you just you want to die you know what I mean it it actually happens and you're like oh this probably shouldn't have happened but it's that build-up this is the worst experience of my life imagine the build-up of all these like like poor pre-pubescent if not puberty ridden young people you know, trying to cook mm-hmm. a trying to cook a bowl of rice and trying to keep their hands off each other. You know, <laughs> very difficult. They killed a chicken at one point. Did they? Oh, yeah, and that caused huge debate. There are some people like we can't kill the chicken, uh, but ultimately, murder always wins, and they killed the chicken to eat. Did they manage to cook it so that they didn't get food poisoning? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> They're all alive. You have to watch it to find out. <laughs> They're all alive. Good for them. Good for um, them. No, no one died, but it's pretty horrific. All this chaos happening. I just, 
I can't imagine being one of the crew for this, you know, because you don't, they only really intervened, I guess, if, you know, a kid might die or something, but you're just watching these 10, 12 year olds fucking rip into each other at times. And you're just having to be like, this isn't stage or, and there were so many tears because there's kids. Obviously they're just going to be- I'm in so much pain. Oh, I don't know how to respond. Yeah. Seriously, moving on from the topic, I'm going to take the reins here because I just, I can't. I just simply cannot. Well, that's all I have. So that's all your reality TV show fix that I could handle researching. So, Saoirse, what's your favorite reality TV moment ever that you can recall in your brain? And why? I guess um, there's some pretty great moments from from Love Island. I think when uh, Maura called out this guy for being a sexist dickhead uh, that was pretty great just seeing that and seeing all the girls back her up as well it's just like yeah mm-hmm. i love seeing a bit of girl power in reality tv show okay which you don't get so like yeah which you don't get so much in the american one but i don't yeah i guess nothing really stands out massively to me which is kind okay. of upsetting what about you i think the only thing that kind of comes to my to my mind and maybe it's because i'm um, like prehistoric um, but it is Big Brother um, in the early seasons when um, Nikki was in you know Nikki um, I never really watched any Big Brother Yersha, you're doing a whole podcast about reality I found it meant so to be boring I found it so boring I didn't get it at all I watched it once because okay. I was sick for the first episode and that was the one with the twins and I watched it for a week and then yeah. I was like I'm bored of this again um, but it's the who is she? It's the meme. It's it's it, it's it's stood the test of time, and we're still using. You know when Nikki's in like the the room on her own, and she's like, I don't know. Hit, go along with me, Sirisha. Okay, you okay. Know, like, you know what I'm talking. About. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. Like who is she? Uh, terrible accent. But who is she? Who is she? And it's like. I've never felt relate like so a reality TV moment so relatable than that moment, um, and it, like I said, it's still lingering. It's still yeah. the yeah. essence of it is still in our in our being to this I guess day. I watched I watched Deal or No Deal a lot when I was younger. That was my reality TV show. I really do. I really enjoy it. I love the tension of it as well, and they're always such normal people. It's so simple, you know. You know, you have two choices. Is it deal or is it no deal? There's no talking about. It's just deal or no deal. I like it straight to the point, you know? Yeah. Have you seen the American deal or no deal? No. Now, here's the thing. You know deal or no deal. You know, you have lovely people opening the boxes. It's so wholesome. Everyone's very supportive of each other. The American one, there's not boxes. There's briefcases. (gasps) And it's super, and it's supermodels. That are just holding them and that are silent when they open the briefcase. Yeah, that's very American. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah. It wasn't interesting at all, though. You're just watching people open boxes. Whereas what's interesting about the Irish... No, it's not Irish. <laughs> <laughs> we should have one. It would just be like... Yeah. Opening... Instead of, like, the briefcase, it would be opening, like, an empty box of Fox's biscuits. Some of them have sewing materials. You don't question it. You don't be like... Who's sewing in here, mommy? You like sewing something? It's like no, nobody's ever sewing anything. It's just, a, it's just a thing. 
You don't question it. So which of the episode, like which of the shows that I've described to you, would you be most interested in watching? Are you like, you know what? I'm going to watch that show. Okay. Um, again, I think it's just sticking in my mind, but I think for reasons I can't explain, the one about Prince Harry, because yeah. I think I think it's because he's quite literally pretending to be a person who is real and very famous. <laughs> and I just want to see how that unfolds. And I just want to see the level of disbelief and ignorance surrounding it. And it just, yeah, it's the most exciting to me, you know, because he, he is this real person. So I think I'm going to go at some point in my life, probably not tonight after we finish recording this, or probably not tomorrow night, who knows. But at some, point, at some point in my life, I will watch that one to see what it's all about. I know this is absurd real history and this is kind of more modern history, but I think that that decade of really weird between, you know, I mean, we're going to be talking about Love Island and, you know, two decades time for being bizarre. It's its own bizarre thing, but there isn't really that much bizarre reality TV shows. It seemed like that period between 2001 and 2010, they were just throwing them out and not just in America, the weirdest ones I did find in America, but you know, a lot, it was the same in the UK, you know, Channel 4 did something similar to Kid Nation, albeit they were in a house with proper heating, and it was only a 10-day experiment. It was this weird time, and then you had um, MTV with, you know, their weird dating shows, like Room Raiders. Do you remember that Room one? Room Raiders was the best! <laughs> Room Raiders was great, you know why, Saoirse? Because why? in the intros, it was like, here's Stacy. Weird fact about her she loves collecting Twix wrappers. It was just the most ridiculous thing. It was like... I loved actually... Gosh, I like, get my right. That was a show. I it was just so dumb. It's so stupid. It was a simpler time where like you could appreciate like this dude is going to get a jacuzzi in his, in his booth. Like, you know, open the hood and you have a five-star hotel. Pit my ride. You're like, yes, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I will say I. There's a part of me that's glad the whole tricking, tr just blatantly tricking people or throwing a bunch of kids into a, a desert. You know, maybe it's good that we've it's moved past that as a society. It's too close to home to what's happening in the world. Yeah, like, a lot of gaslighting. You're just watching people get gaslit. You don't need that shit. I just want to see somebody open their boot and like there be a shark. Have five hot tubs. And yeah, a I want a shark tank and a boot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see. There you go. That's the episode. A bit more of just a general chat about really weird shows. And what I dedicated far too much time becoming researching these. So you don't have to. I'm letting you know that these exist, how they went about. So you don't have to. Thank you for coming on, Haley. Do you have anything you want to plug? That I want to plug. I want to plug the show about Harry, about Prince Harry again, because I feel like people in the UK don't know about it. And um, I only say that because I'm in London and I just want to walk down the street now and be like, 
Did you know there's a show where a guy is pretending to be Prince Harry? And I just want to, I want to let everybody know. Um, I want to know if he's watched it. I, I want to know. It's like the whole crown thing. It's like, but do you think the royal family is watching? It's like, of course they're watching. If someone made a show about you, wouldn't you watch it? I certainly would, but maybe that's just because I'm a narcissist. And... Um, completely unrelated to this whole entire podcast and nothing to do with Prince Harry is um, my socials, which is Hayley Summers Music on Instagram. And from there, you can just be bewitched by my effervescence and my personality and my overall being as a human. And um, listen to your yes, music. I have a EP coming out very soon called Tiny Universe. So go follow me there. And all my songs are about Prince Harry. That was painful for you, wasn't it? It was it was excruciating. There you go. You've got to get used to it. Um, it's hard. But it's hard um, to talk about my album when it's all about Prince Harry and I really want to. Be <laughs> it's too embarrassing. It's just, you just <laughs> love Prince Harry. Yeah. Yes. And I, as always, have been Sir Sinead. You can find me on Z Socials. But this is brought to you by my company, Screen for Ireland. So I'd really appreciate you giving all that uh, a like and a subscribe or whatever hooja mabob yeah you have can i plug screen for ireland actually yes please um if you are listening on the internet screen for ireland ireland Ireland-ing. arlington no ireland arlington screen for ireland is just a wonderful wonderful concept um created by Saoirse and i don't know if she will be um humble enough to accept um or too humble to accept it's hard to tell. Saoirse does some wonderful work. And if you're ever on the lookout for some weird and wonderful writing and concept plays, she has done just some wonderful work. I've worked with her before. Um, we have done a couple of shows together, but one under the Screen for Ireland Theatre Company. And she really just turns out the most original and really modern kind of pieces about the world. She's, yeah, an amazing theatrical persona to be involved with and so please follow Screen for Ireland and just keep up to date with what she's doing she did a play recently about um, the pig lady pig face woman in Dublin and she is currently working on not sure when to be released but the lady who invented Monopoly who she also has a podcast about on this very channel so you should go and listen to that because it's very very interesting and you might learn something so thank you so for having me. That was very, very sweet. I can't I can't say anything else. Thank well, you. Well, it's because I'm brilliant and I just outdid you. Yeah. It's happy me yet again. And that's the podcast. Woo!